What's up, guys? It's your boy, Johnny Bananas, and I'll be covering all the treachery, deceit, backstabbing, and murder from season two of The Traders U.S. on my podcast, Death, Taxes, and Bananas. I'll be joined all season by my fellow castmates to swap stories, provide all the behind-the-scenes antics, and sordid details from filming. So sally forth and join me for season two of The Traders every Saturday on the Ringer Reality TV podcast feed. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I dot com slash Simmons. 24-question party people. Party people. 24-question party people. 24-question party people. Hello and welcome to 24-question party people. I am your host, Yasi Salik. This is a show where I invite an interesting person on for a little talk. I ask the same 23 questions every time, more or less, plus one wild card. The guest is allowed to skip one question. Sometimes the questions change a little. That is my right as a girl boss. You guys, it's kind of perfect that this episode is airing the week of Valentine's Day. And I'll explain why. I'm a, I am not one of those people who like bitterly hates Valentine's Day. Because honestly, that's sort of a, like, let's look deep within, let's look in the mirror and see what's coming up for you, babe, situation. And you know, that's really between you and God. Me personally, I love it. I love the iconography, all the pink and red hearts and the angels and the cupids, all the cute shit. I love getting pink chrome nails to celebrate. I love those disgusting conversation hearts. Like, I'm not going to eat them, but I like looking at them. I love those stuffed bears holding hearts. Those are cute gorgeous floral bouquets and honestly even the fucking cheap ones with the carnations those are cute too i just love romance and you know what i love love 
I don't really think you need to be dating or in a relationship to experience romance. And you definitely don't need that to experience love. Bitch, that's a little secret. You can do a little romance in your life whenever you want, babe. Light a gorgeous little candle while you cook yourself a beautiful steak. Get yourself flowers and put them in your favorite vase and fucking gaze upon them. Me? I went to the Sanrio store and I bought myself $100 of Hello Kitty shit. That's romance, babe. And love? Man, love is a whole other thing, bitch. Maybe, like, honestly, low-key, maybe the main thing. Yeah, that's right. Ernest did go back to some sort of camp today. Sorry, he just can't stay away. I've been pulling tarot a lot. That's right. This bitch, your friend Yossi, she is wayward. She is lost. And recently, in my tarot pulling, I've been pulling the lover's card a lot, which is always a nice one to see. But it's also such an interesting card because, look, on the surface, sure, like superficially, it's about romantic relationships or whatever. But actually, it's about way, way more than that. It's a major arcana, which means it's not just about something earthly. It's about uniting like reason and rationality, which is represented by the man on the card, and emotion and passion, which is represented by the woman, in order to connect with the divine. That's the angel at the top of the card. If you look at the card, I don't know if you have tarot cards at home, fucking fire up Google, you can see that the man is looking at the woman, right? He's like gazing at her, but she's looking up at the angel. She's looking at God. That's it, right? Love is actually just ultimately a connection to the divine, babe. That's right can't get around that. It's not a dinner at an overpriced prefix restaurant in your town or Olive Garden. Personally, I would prefer to go to like a Valentine's Day dinner at Olive Garden. Like an endless breadstick situation is real romantic to me. It's an aphrodisiac. And love is not using other people to escape yourself. It's not thinking another person will save you or make you happy when you can't make yourself happy. But you know what? You can make yourself happy, babe. You can do it. Have you tried the Sanrio store? <laughs> Highly recommend. Anyway, I've been pulling tarot a lot because um, I'm mentally ill, but also because I've been thinking again about maybe adopting another puppy. I don't know, man. It's so emotionally complicated for me. I'm scared. I don't know. I know according to my best internet friend, Reddit, that many people adopt a new dog just shortly days after they lose their pup as a means to heal. And I totally get that. And some people wait a year or two or three. It's, I think it's just really hard to know when you're ready, right? Or when I'm ready. When people are like, you'll know when you're ready. I'm like, I don't know what that, what does ready mean? You say ready, like it's like a fucking, you know, to paraphrase my so-called life, like a toaster or something. I was scared to fucking death before I adopted Lou. Because I was like, what is, I don't know what it's going to be like to have a dog. I'm so scared. What if I do it wrong? What if my life changes? And now once again, I am scared to death, except now I am scared to death on steroids. And I really kind of got to this place where I was like, no, that's okay. I'm, I'm not doing it. I just won't get a dog. I'm fine. This life is fine. I'm actually the dog in the room on fire, sipping coffee in a fedora. This is fine. But then motherfucker, I realized Fear is not the way to live your life. Fear is actually the opposite of love. Joe Talbot of Idols says that to me on this episode. So he kind of helped push me in that direction. And it really landed for me. I know you guys um, enjoy this pod for entertainment purposes. But just know that I'm literally using it as my own form of therapy. And you know what? It's working, bitch. Joe talks a lot 
on this episode about the incredible bell hooks and her book all about love which i actually haven't read in many years and i probably really need to revisit i couldn't find my copy here amongst the piles of you know fucking music books but i did peruse some of the choice bits on a quotations website don't judge me bitch i am doing my best and here's one that really jumped out and slapped me in the fucking face the practice of love offers no place of safety we risk loss hurt pain we risk being acted upon by forces outside our control okay drag me to hell babe drag me right the fuck to hell and then there's this other one that also really got me contrary to what we may have been taught to think unnecessary and unchosen suffering wounds us but need not scar us for life it does mark us what we allow the mark of our suffering to become is in our own hands bruv bro bruv Whew. but you know what she's right we make ourselves happy babe and what we do with our pain that's on us too and only on us that's a, kind of a both really scary concept and also kind of an amazing one there's love available everywhere but you have to be brave you have to surrender control not my favorite thing if we're being honest and you have to transmute your pain into something more into growth that's right growth bitch <laughs> even if you can't explain it or understand it so light a fancy candle babe put on this conversation with myself and joseph talbot which was honestly so fun and so also so healing you can send me a bill joe babe after this it was worth it here is my talk with joe talbot of idols hope you enjoy it 24 Joe Talbot of Idols. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. You were sending off for some coffee. Are you tired? <laughs> no, I'm absolutely not tired. I've had 10 hours sleep. Wow. You're really getting your hours in. Do you wear like a wearable um, device that tracks your sleep? No, I just know what time it is when I sleep and when I wake up. You don't wear a wearable device then is what you're saying. No, no aura ring. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just, um, I think my body knows when I've got shit coming up the next day and I try and get an early night rather than, you know, not. Do you have one of those like really fun days where you have like 18 interviews in a row and you're like, yes, let me talk about myself. <laughs> I have three months of that, not a day. A day would be fucking bliss. Yeah. Is that why you started playing music to do interviews yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> as a child you were like i know what i want to do interviews. i was like there's not enough middle-aged white men in the world talking about themselves we need a voice <laughs> and the quickest way there is i will learn guitar it's yeah. true honestly yeah, there's not enough white men playing guitars in the world let's fucking change this shit up you know what? I, I think there could be more. And I think more of them need to show up at parties I'm at with an acoustic guitar and play a little Dave Matthews band. And I'm being actually dead serious. I would love that. Fuck yeah. Not enough guys showing up at parties playing Dave Matthews band for my liking. Well, you should probably move to Tennessee. Yeah. You're, Joe, do you, you, you don't fuck with Dave Matthews band. Do you know how to play any Dave Matthews band on the acoustic guitar? 
I couldn't tell you a single song of theirs. I don't know what they sound like. I just assume they're kind of they're in Tennessee. Well, he's from Virginia, so you're close. But technically, actually, a South African. I guess it didn't really make it over to England. It's not really. I think culturally... it did. It's not like you know. It's like an Americana vibe, right? Uh. No, sure. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like Dave Matthews Band is a thing. I just um, yes, correct. I, I grew up on soul music and hip hop. I didn't really. Yeah. You know, people assume I like no rock music, but I, uh, you know. I've never listened to don't. like Led Zeppelin, for instance, or, or what's that? I think band? I can I can that hear that in your music. Like, really annoy me. The Beatles. No, I love the Beatles. <laughs> come on, come on. What's the one? Dark Side of the Moon. What's that fucking? Tush? Oh, Pink Floyd, also British. Damn that shit. Yeah, yeah. All right, but Josh. yeah, yeah. Dave Matthews Band. I'll check them out. Like, don't get me wrong. Thank you. I like stuff. Jazz trained musicians. I think I think you might be surprised. Listening to idols, I'm not sure that you would like it, but I think you're more than just idols. You're a complex human being. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is assuming what I like because of what idols sound like. The the thing that exactly. we do as a band is write democratically and we all like very different stuff. So Right. Gorge. Can you tell me a little bit about before we get into the party? What's Bristol like? I'm a, I'm a known Anglophile, and I've never been to Bristol, and I just like want to like I want to get a sense. It's like a little bit east, right? It's like the east of London, near the water. You are far off. It's west of London. I'm. That's that, not yeah, that yeah, I didn't yeah. know. It's that I'm really bad with directions because I'm a woman. Don't, don't say that. Come on. No, it's true. I'm also bad bad with numbers and math. And technology. Well, I can tell you that I'm also terrible at directions and I have no ovaries. So we're in the same boat. <laughs> I just happen to know where I live. So um, I live in the southwest of England, sadly. I would definitely not call yourself an Anglophile until you listen to the people that live there and hear what fucking stupid shit comes out of their mouth. But I love the accent. It's so charming. You know, do you really do you want to know why, Which why I'm probably an Anglophile? All of them. Literally all of them. Like. <laughs> the north the northern one is so good what do they say ta is the northern ta i just i'm a, i'm obsessed i really do think it's because i'm i was i'm an immigrant kid in america and mm -hmm. i think that like the colonialism was so colonialisming babe so deeply that not only was i like so obsessed with the idea of being american because i was other First, it was the South. And then I was just like, fuck this. Let's go to the source, babe. What is the <laughs> most thing that you can be? It's English. And I'm just obsessed. I'm obsessed. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. The problem is, you know. <laughs> few problems. Our, our colonialism <laughs> is, is still rife. You know, we, we killed half the Irish population and uh, millions of Indian people not that long ago. And then we're now murdering Palestinians and fucking. So you're a patriot, is what you would say. I'm a fucking, <laughs> I'm a straight up tourist wherever I am. Thank you for asking. Um, okay. King, as, as I say. <laughs> well, like, he's he has cancer, so he does. Yeah, that's that's know. a very horrible thing, and I do not at all condone people celebrating that it's a very sad thing nick is like losing his mind right now he's like can you move on to like the fun questions <laughs> with me there's no fun questions i'm afraid 
So no, I Nick, think we're gonna have fun. You patient, seem fun. Okay, all right. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get to talking about ice cream and shit. You seem pretty fun. No questions about ice cream today. What? Um, I did. I'm sorry. We, we'll we'll talk about raw milk though. Come back. Raw milk. Um, why? Yeah, we'll get into that because I what? love raw milk and it's it's one of my my main platforms is okay. like, you know how we all have passions and things that we care about. We feel that we we need to influence in the world. Mine is raw milk, raw milk, sure. actually um, readily available in London anyway, but you have to go to the farmer's market. I actually looked for raw milk recently because um, I follow someone online who I can't remember his name. I'm terrible with names as well as directions not because of my gender i think sure just because of your your brain damage maybe uh-huh. yeah <laughs> probably because of the f- seven kilos of cocaine i did in my youth so same bit yeah 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 all good raw milk i looked for it i couldn't find it anywhere i was like because it is in you know Bristol? obviously much better for you etc but if you can't Thank find you, raw milk just have full fat whole milk as fatty as you can get kids yeah, it's true. He's so right. I'm I'm so we're really honestly off to a great start. You're the first guest I've had that's immediately been on the same page with me on raw milk. And I feel I feel a connection with you. I, f- I feel like we are basically one now. Basically one. I listened to the new album, Tank Tangk. <laughs> Tangk. How do you say it? Pronounced Tanagaka. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're Welsh. That would make sense. <laughs> no, no, no. The spelling for tank in Welsh would have about seven L's in it somehow. <laughs> um, and a silent. It's... You know, I've been to Wales surprisingly, and I didn't understand one thing a person said for an entire <laughs> week, but it was gorgeous. What a beautiful place! It honestly, is really nice. I always say this: Welsh is a step too far for me, but I really want a Scottish boyfriend. If you know anybody, because I think we would have a beautiful and long-lasting relationship. Because I also can't understand anything they say, but I find it so charming. So it's like, what a beautiful yeah. communication we could have. Okay, it would well, all be it would all be nonverbal. <laughs> I'm telling you now. That would be a fruitful affair. So what you want to do is be more specific because there's a huge difference between Edinburgh and Glasgow. Right. I want a Glaswegian because Edinburgh seems a bit posh. Yeah, and I'm, uh, Edinburgh's like the England of, of Scotland. There's going to be some Edinburgh people that will smash my fucking teeth in for saying that. Glasgow's Yeah, Glasgow's I, feel, the one I mean, that's where all the... Thing. That's where all the good music came from. Let's let's be real, babe. Teenage fan club, Primal Scream. I'm a I'm a head over here. So have you drank Buckfast Abbey tonic wine yet? That's the one that like hobos drink, right? <laughs> That's the one that like is that the one I'm thinking of where like that was like very popular because it was very cheap and they would like. Am I a hobo? <laughs> was... Am I a fucking hobo? I mean, are I you showing me your rings, babe? I mean, I mean, you could have been if the guitar hadn't taken off for you. Who knows yeah, where you would have been? What's wrong with my ring? <laughs> I got rings on both Nothing, hands. I just thought. I thought you were being like, do I look like a hobo? Look at my bling. No, you know oh, shit. I mean? No, no, no. no. <laughs> like Henry the fucking eighth, babe. No, um, no. It's not just hobos, no. It's people that like fuel. To get fucked up. To get fucked it's up. Fights and dancing and um, getting lost. But yeah, it's beautiful drink. Kind of like, it's kind of like Sparks. Did you guys ever have Sparks? Like, is it like a, like a, alcohol that also has somehow like caffeine in it that yeah it is caffeinated tonic wine made by benedictine monks in 
Devon. Aren't monks supposed to be like sort of like pure? We don't we don't we don't party like that. Isn't that a monk vibe? I'm, I, I don't know. I, Have I, I spent time with monks? The answer is no. <laughs> I'm Catholic, so I'm allowed to say this. Catholics drink. That's like their thing. The blood of Christ. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we like okay. to fucking party. I got an insane email from a Catholic monk. I'm. This is this is absolute seriousness. I'm not. I'm not pulling your leg about my other podcast. It was like ostensibly a fan email, but he started out being like, you know, I know you say that people say your voice is annoying and it's true. When I first started listening, I was like, why does she talk like this? I can't take it. It's really annoying. But then it grew on me. And I was like, listen, thank you, I guess. But like, is this a godly email to send? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, are you not one? Are you not right with God over here? Because I feel like God would be like, babe, don't send this email. (laughs) You don't need to tell her that. You got negged by a monk. That's fucked up. By a fucking monk, a Catholic monk. I mean, so the monks that make Bucky or Buckfast Abbey tonic wine, they're Benedictine. So they won't have access to any computers. They're like, they pray. So it wasn't one of them. They pray like 10 times a day. They dress in robes and shit. Like they're serious. Yeah, like the brown ones with like the little tie around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Benedictine. They're like serious about their. And they sing. Yes, they chant. Yeah, 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 they do. They chant, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm moving. I'm moving to Glasgow. Allow me to just fluff you a little bit. Sorry, this is I'm being honest, but gift horse, babe, that should go. I was like, okay, let's fucking go. I won't presume to stick your music in a genre because I know you hate that. I read a bunch of interviews with you. I'm not anti. I just I won't do it because that would be weird. If you're like, I think you're like kind of like nouveau boring. I'd be like sick. <laughs> Why would you say that about yourself? Nouveau boring. You said it, you fucking animal. <laughs> I just, I, it really, I could hear so much of stuff that I like. And I was like, all right, the streets, bitch, let's fucking go. The fall. I hear it. Really, just really good, but also so dancey. And then, babe, a gospel? You really went fucking hard in the emotional paint there. I did. That was a. Was that, that was scary? A, yeah, if I'm honest, yes, a little bit. I, it was the last song I sang on the album, as in, like, so I didn't, I didn't have any. In the recording. Any, any vocals at all in, before we went to the studio. So I wrote every song at the microphone. That was the last song I wrote because Bowen made it on his, he recorded it at home on his iPhone, you know, like that. That's, what, your, work, that's your work husband, your creative husband. Yeah, it's my babe. Yeah. He yeah. recorded that at home. The thing you hear on the album is his iPhone recording. So like, it was just an intimate thing. And it like, obviously it sounds very intimate. It does. Um, so I just wanted to do it justice. And I did, I think. It's beautiful. It's very vulnerable. It really fucked me up. Thank you. I I said I wouldn't talk about this anymore, but I don't care. I'll talk. I can it's my show. I can talk about whatever I want. If I want to talk about my dead dog every week, I'm going to talk about my dead dog every week. That's good. I lost a I lost a puppy recently. A puppy. It was pretty. Yeah, it really sucked. I like got up all this courage to like adopt my first dog from the shelter, and I was like so excited, and she was like so wonderful, and then she got really sick like mm. within like six weeks and I had to put her down. So it was very traumatic, but 
savage. So I'm sorry to hear that. It's horrible. Thank you. But this, I've really, it's like every episode of this show since in some ways have has brought me something like to console my, I don't know how to say it. Like I've like found something profound in each one. And for this one, a gospel really. And grace too. I don't know. Your voice is very lovely and it made me feel very hopeful in a way that I think I really needed. It was very nice. Good. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with grieving is that um, it puts things in perspective and you start seeing things, you know, like you, you hear lyrics that seem cliched and then you realize that person wrote those lyrics for a fucking purpose. That was a purposeful act that they needed to connect to the world. And then when you hear it in a place where you need connection and a sense of being carried, then, then you, you hear it, you know, suddenly like into my arms by Nick Cave isn't just like, you know, it's more than that. And it carries you. And I think it's really beautiful. And it's something that I needed at the time for myself. I needed to be carried. And then that's how you kind of manifest that is by giving it to the world. Do you know what I mean? No, totally. You get you get back what you give for sure. And you just gave me that. You talked to me about your dog, and that is part of it. That's you offering something to me, and then I feel more connected, and I also feel less alone in my grieving when that happens. So that's, that's what we do. We gift each other with pain. Yeah, you gift each other with pain, man. You're good at this. It's, that's how you. That's you know. That is literally the the bartering of connection and grief is that you, if you internalize trauma, you become heavier. And then when you share your grief, you feel like you might be a burden, but as soon as you share it, you realize you're not alone. And that's a beautiful feeling. You feel connected to the world and you feel like, you know, you're lighter and because you are, because you're being carried. Just sharing information is way harder and more productive than people think. Yeah, dude, you nailed it. The burden thing is so real. Like, you're just like, ugh, they don't care. I'm like, especially, I'm, it's probably different with losing people. People, I imagine it's a different, but I'm, but I'm like, I was like, okay, nobody wants to hear about my fucking dog anymore. The truth is, A, grief, there's no taxonomy of grief. Grief is grief. Like, you feel it on, sometimes on the same level, and it's as profound in any department also Mm. I said this on a podcast before but like I don't know if you've experienced this but like I feel like you have one grief and it comes in and it's like hey hey bitch the door is open Mm -hmm. all the other grief that you haven't dealt with let's go yeah party in here (laughs) come on absolutely yeah I mean always the more grief you feel, the better equipped you are to understand it and deal with it, process it. I say deal with it sounds like a, a burden in itself. But even then, you know, you had a caveat before you mentioned your dog's passing. You were like, oh, no one will say, oh, no, I will. You know, and over time, you will be empowered by the fact that when you share, it empowers and you and the other person. So there will be no caveats in years to come and you'll be more equipped to deal with grief if you share more now because grief is inevitable. So the more you kind of build up that uh, foundations of how to deal with shit, the better it fucking feels. Damn, I feel like I should pay you for this therapy session. Well, 
I, it's free because I've paid for the therapy myself now. <laughs> same, babe. 11 years. Can you? I've been in the same therapist for 11 years. I feel That's like we're amazing. married. <laughs> I know. That's cool. My, Jung, my Jungian therapist, God bless her. She's really helped me. Shout out. Shout out. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, Joe Talbot, we do 24 questions here. Mm. It's a party. Let's start. Gloves are on. I'm fucking ready. Number one, Joe Talbot, what is your astrological sign? Uh, Leo Virgo Cusp. That's right. I, I knew that because I looked it up. It's interesting. Okay. I want to ask well, you. Sounds really like you. Like, that's right. I knew it from our conversation. <laughs> from already. I wanted to know, okay, well, are you an astrology girly? Yes. I, I mean, I was going to come with caveats. I, I have no sense of authority on anyone else's belief system. And I believe that mysticism is the language of us understanding our place in the universe. No more. So if someone wants to judge me on the fact that I find some solace and, and correlation, there's a lot of correlation between, I have an astro astrologer friend, one of my best friends, and she's like, tells me shit and I know it. I'm like, that's insane. But you don't have to, you know, it's not magic. It's just a form of therapy. And if anyone wants to tell me otherwise, they can go get fucked. Joe, I really feel like we're the same person. I've literally said this on many episodes. Same with tarot. Like, I'm like, you guys can say whatever you want. It's just a system for self-awareness. That's all it is. It's another practice to reflect yourself back to yourself. 
and have an experience of understanding your like you said, like your place within the world, which is like the greatest thing I think we can do. That's why we're here. <laughs> we're here to to process our place in the world. Yeah. I also think the people that are like vocally aggressive about their disdain for astrology are terrified of the lightness of the people that can articulate themselves within the universe. They're just fucking, they're fearful of the fact they haven't got a fucking clue. And also, you know, it's just that that is it. They envy the articulation and their, their like ability to be able to just talk about themselves and how they feel and where their place is. Like you don't see Virgos beheading fucking Aquariuses. Like if you're going to be vocal, why don't you talk about theology and the bastardization of all these books written by men that fucking castrate freedom so often? I still think faith is a beautiful thing. You know, like I said, I come from Catholic background. I have friends from all religions. I do. Like, not all. I'm not like fucking United Colors of Benetton. You know, Zor- Zoroastrian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, Zoroastrian. I'm, my point being, I, like, I don't judge them, but I think, you know, any, any belief system in the wrong hands turns into the wrong teachings. That's it. Like, I'm just fucking respect each other. Love is I mean, the, the most fucked up thing that has happened, I feel, in anyway, my lifetime is that organized religion poisoned faith for people so hard that mm-hmm. that we've become godless because of it. And it's so fucking sad because that's what they took away from us, because people now link faith and spirituality and God with, with what organized religion did in, Mm -hmm. in the wrong ways. And instead of like a new thing kind of being formed in most cases, people just turned away from it and Mm -hmm. people are miserable (laughs) because you, we, you need something, you need faith, you need, you need to feel connected to something bigger than you. And it's, I'm, I always feel that, I keep predicting that church is going to come back in a new way, but it hasn't happened yet. But I still think it might happen because we're so alone and so devoid of community and and churches did provide community. And if there could be like a new form of church that is like a little bit different then yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still workshopping this. Maybe I'll start one. I mean, if you, if you think about what you just said, if you replace godless with loveless and church with communion, then you realize that there are, like the world at the moment is a very loveless place. People are making loveless choices. Leaving the European mm-hmm. Union was a lot of miseducated, as in people were lied to by our government, in order to set a, a, a sense of fear of the other, the other being immigrants in our country, which is a complete lie. And there's so much evidence of the lies that, like, you know, there's a book called James O'Brien, by James O'Brien called uh, How They Broke Britain. And it's infuriating to read, but also enlightening. But the basic premise is that our country's fucked because of lies and fear. Fear is the opposition of love and loveless choices come from people who just want to survive something. I think we are in a loveless time, but behind the populace and the main narratives of all the shit written by very greedy 1% people, there's a lot of love 
and there's a lot of communion. The problem is that those communions are separatist because they're all trying to protect their people. I think there is a time that will come where we realize that we're being lied to and the communion will grow. There's, you know, there's multiculturalism in many places and it's a beautiful thing, but it will grow with a sense of education. The information that we have at the moment on the internet basically is a clusterfuck, but underneath it all, the human condition is, is a very simple thing. And that is like love. It's just love is the energy. There's a power source there. And if you make choices with love, love is a faceted thing. It's patience, it's grace, it's commitment, it's honesty, it's empathy. Um, and all those things are empowering. And when you go and you attack the world and you make relationships based on those things and you work hard at them, you can only come out with something far from this neoliberal capitalist nightmare we're in. Yes. Basically. But that, you know, that you can attach that with faith. Faith is is the practice of of unconditional love. And I think we're we're capable of it. Absolutely. There's a really good book I just read called All About Love by Bell Hooks. Bell Hooks. <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Like, this is because we're being listened to as well. Um, no, sure, yes. And Bell, um, Bell Hooks, that is, she's the goat, if you will. Absolutely. Um, she is. And, you know, so the book is about the idea that it's not just this abstract, wafy noun. It's a fucking powerful verb and something you have to work towards and work with. So, you know, just go out there and read it. Fuck the king. Yeah, I think um, one of the things to bear in mind with the, like people that, you know, will attack on that narrative of like love is the thing, for instance, that's in our new album. It's like people are like, fuck you, you fucking all this stuff. And I get that. That's completely fine. But that's their insecurities coming out 100%. and a loveless, a loveless perspective that's just like cynical because they're not treated with respect and heard and loved and caressed and nurtured in their own realms. So fuck them. But also if you're open to conversation, not fuck them. Yeah, it's not their fault. Believe it. No, I mean, it is and it isn't. You know, you've got to have accountability. If you're going to be an abusive cunt online, then you, 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 you know, you, yeah, Catholic not. monk who sent me that email. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Um, but, you know, but like, no, um, I just think it's the same. That fear of astrology is the same as fear of love. Like, love is this like weakness, and it's like you don't fall into love. It's a powerful thing that you have to work at. And I love that idea, and it really inspires me to punch monks in the face. You know. No, it's true. It's really, it's the thing is like, it's the difference between scarcity and abundance, right? I think people that believe, cyn cynical people believe that there's not enough. And so at every, they're clawing and, you know, they come at it from that place. But if you come at it from love, like you're saying, and God is just like shorthand for love, you believe that in abundance, you believe there's enough for everybody. And there's, so you act accordingly, you know? Mm. And, and, the, your entire experience of the world is subjective. So you do get to choose, just choose how you experience it. Yeah. Which sounds easy, but it's not. No, it's super hard. I remember the first day I like had a different reaction to something after like many years of therapy and I was able to sort of like 
not be cynical and not be self-loathing. And I was like, wait, what? And my therapist was like, yeah, like it's very simple, but it's not easy. It takes so much work to shift your perspective, like incrementally over time. Yeah. Anyways, Joe, you're a Virgo. (laughs) Question number one. Since you're an astrology girly, do you feel, I can really see this because the Virgos are like, obviously like very hardworking, detail oriented, high standards, extremely attuned sense of taste, but then Leos love attention. (laughs) This is a great placement for a front man of a rock band. Yeah. Also like, you know, I, when I found out that I was a, more a Virgo than a Leo, I, was, I grew up thinking I was a Leo. Not that it really shaped anything, but then when I was like, oh, shit, I read the, fa- like the facets of um, Virgo, I was like, yeah, that's definitely me. <laughs> people, but, you know, people mistake it, but Virgos are incredible artists because they're, it's ruled by Mercury, so it's a communicating a sign that's really good with communicating their um, thoughts, feelings, intentions. Exactly. Yeah. Torch. All right. Number two, Joe Talbot. What have you eaten today? It is uh, 11.40 a.m. where you are. Nothing? Just coffee? Mm-hmm. Joe, we just had this beautiful moment over raw milk. I was like, yes, this man is dedicated to his health. He slept 10 hours. And it is 11.40 and you haven't eaten one thing? Are you intermittent fasting? No. Well, I do I do that. I don't intermittent fast. I just often wait until like lunchtime to eat because um, okay. I feel that I, I have – I'm a very much a morning person. Mm-hmm. And I don't – I will – like if I'm doing a lot of exercise or whatever, like I cycle a lot and I do boxing. I do boxing. I box. If I'm sparring, I'll go in empty stomachs because you don't want like – you know, I get punched. Yeah. yeah. But if I'm not sparring, <laughs> I'll, I'll have like two eggs and an avocado. But if I'm, yeah, I just, if I'm exercising, like cycling, I'll, I'll have a decent breakfast. Right. You need it for your yeah. carbs. You need to burn that. Not carbs. Carbs slow me down really in the morning. I just have loads not of a, fat. So I'll have like. Not even fruit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, like, I mean like. Yeah, even I love, complex. I love, carbs, yeah, yeah. I love whole 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 foods basically. Joe, you and I really on the same page. Recent, recently, it was was uh, tracking my macros, if you will, and I was like, "Wow, I ate a lot of fat," and I was like, kind of worried about it. But then I got this is a humble brag, and I'm really sorry, but it's just the truth. I got mm. one of those scans where they like scan your body fat and your bone density, and so like a body scan. I have very low body fat. I do not have a low body fat. I am fucking. That's surprising. You seem quite trim. I'm like one of those like kind of skinny, weird... skinny fat. Uh, no, I'm not skinny. That I'm big. I'm big. I'm just short. So I look like I'm not, but I am chubby at the moment. Okay, it's well, all you good. look gorgeous to me. Thanks, babe. I can only see you from the shoulders down, but you look great. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fucking mess behind my boobs. <laughs> All right. Number three, Joe Talbot. Have you listened to music today? And if so, what was it? Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm at these partisan offices. They were playing some jazz. It sounded fucking great. And I forgot to ask them what it was. That's it. Great. You're just in the office listening to the office jazz. Love that for you. I could have lied and said something really cool, but I didn't. <laughs> no, no. I, I appreciate the honesty. 
Number four, Joe Talbot, what is the first song that made a meaningful impact on you as a child? Heard it through the grapevine. Oh, good. <laughs> what, tell me a little bit more. What, how, what, like, what did it activate in your child mind? Uh, I remember, it's like a sensory memory. I was spinning on my, I, I still have it in my house now, my, my, my apartment. It's like this big ass dining table that my mum and dad bought before I was born. I was spinning on that. My mum had just polished it, so I was like fucking going for it. <laughs> my mum was cleaning the house and uh, she listened to a lot of soul music. So I just remember the sensory memory is that I could hear I mean, I I always said it's the bass line. It is. But I just remember that and feeling it. And that's something impactful for me. I feel music a lot. I visualize music as well. I visualize the music. That's that's like synesth like synesthesia. Yeah. Or synesthesias, you see it as colors. No, 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 no. Synesthesia, you can, there's a million ways that basically your synapses have crossed so you experience sensory things differently so the the, the so channel you, you feel like you have that maybe i don't know i spoke to someone about this and if i say the name i sound like i can't but um it was someone famous it was rick rubin yeah yeah <laughs> no, <I haven't> met <laughs> why rick rubin that's such a strange assumption i literally don't know it just came into my mind who i don't know because i'm very like it's because Nigel Godrich did your album. I feel like you're like in the upper echelon of like music tinsel town. You know what I mean? And also Rick Rubin feels like someone who would talk about synesthesia. Like it's in his wheelhouse. Yeah. It was Tom York before we like, worked with Nigel Godrich. Even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even better. But, Not um, Thomas York. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So he, we were at a <laughs> festival in Portugal and it was Bowen's birthday. And Tom York is Bowen's hero, very much the the person that made him want to be a musician. So obviously his birthday, I was like, you got to speak to him, man. This is crazy. So we went over to chat to him and he was, he was lovely. And um, I remember something he just released and I was like, it just felt really synesthetic. There's an album. And he was like, that's really weird. I have synesthesia. And I was like, no shit. I was like, yeah, I didn't you know write that. visually? And he was like, I don't know if he said he had synesthesia or he definitely writes visually. And I was like, I write visually. That's crazy. And then we talk, I don't have synesthesia though. No, I don't you think, know, maybe right. I do like on a, you know, on the spectrum of synesthesia. On the, like, the spectrum. I'm not going <laughs> to start self-diagnosing and like have like the synesthesia community fucking semi like Not the synesthesia community <laughs> on TikTok. They're going to call you ableist. They're going to hit me with sounds. You should tell Bowen, this is a shameless self-promo, but again, it's my podcast. I did make a, um, I think it's eight hour long podcast about Radiohead, if he's interested. And he, he will be. One day, one day in the van. It's very good. It's called Vansplain, my other podcast. We explain bands, but the Radiohead episode, if I do say so myself, is quite good. Sick. I, I will also, I'm a fan as well, so I'll listen to that. Thank you. All right. Now now we've gotten a Tom York in here. We're really cruising. Number Oh wait, I wanted to tell you. You've heard obviously the Slits cover. Have I heard it through the grapevine? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So number one best to me, the best cover. One of the best covers. Best of all cover. Time. That's a Not tough best, category. but like I I I kind of keep like 
a list in my head all the time because I love covers because I think the ability to transform someone else's song into something new is so cool. If I was a musician and wasn't toned up and could play the guitar, which I can't do any of these things, I would just sit around all day and cover songs. That's probably mm. what I would do because it would be so fun. But I love when people... Fun. I get, It's like, what a the gift you The problem with is. covering songs is this is the problem that... I think it's the main problem is because it's so fun... It's often not good. Oh, you mean your cover's not good because it's too fun. It's not hard enough. If a musician's having fun, it's often quite indulgent. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Like, it's a, it's a comfort. Obviously, I, I enjoy and have fun being uncomfortable, writing, challenging, and playing live and all that shit. But yeah. there's a sense that, like, it's, like, easy fun where you're like, eh, but there are bands that, sick at it like the walkman for example they're really good at covers yeah the walkman. um i think my favorite cover okay i've been thinking about this whilst talking to you about other shit in the background <laughs> well i was not paying attention to you in the background and it was no no, no i was paying attention I was <laughs> just, okay, you, know, you know you know my back brain was like good covers is the uh wild beasts singer it might be wild beasts but the, the singer of wild beasts covering Boy from School by Hot Chip. I have never heard that. It is fucking sick. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to look that up. I you know what my favorite thing is not my favorite. That's a that's a lie, but I'm just using a word to say a sentence. Raw milk. When you raw, raw milk is my number one favorite thing. No, when you find out when you like years later find out that a song that you love is a cover and you never know. Ah. Trying to think of one. Oh, um, Kim, Kim the Waitress by Material Issue. I did not know that was a cover. I don't know what that is. You don't know Material Issue? I'll send it to you. Thank you. It's good. All right. Number five. Five. What is the first album you bought with your own money, Joe Talbot, or shoplifted with your own two hands? Uh, shoplifted was, um, it was like okay, a sheet. I knew it. <laughs> it was like a sheet of like, they're like kind of like blister packs of jelly sweets shaped like monsters. And I shoved yeah, it up my t shirt. An album, babe. Oh. An album. Um, first, that's cool that you shoplifted candy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My first album was The Simpsons Sing the Blues on cassette. On my fifth birthday, don't laugh. On my fifth birthday, I went to the shop on my own. My mum let me go to the shop on my own. And I mean, like, I walked for like five minutes on my own. Is Bristol a safe place? <laughs> I mean, not for fucking five-year-old. That's crazy. Not... She was like, okay, bye. See you soon. It's the 80s, though. Everyone was fucking letting their kids run riot, man. Like, I was literally hanging out with kids sniffing glue at the back of my house. And so, like, five hours as a five-year-old. Like, hey, let's hang out. So, yeah, uh, my mum was very amazing as a mother, by the way. It's just what you did in the 80s in Bristol. Like, yeah, no, it was, it was different. It was a different thing. Um, I used to, like, go to Beavers on my own shit. It's so weird. <laughs> anyway, um, I went to the shop. I might have been with my mum, actually. She would have come with me because it was my birthday. I remember it being a lonely affair. No, I'm joking. Um, so I went to the shop, anyway, on Sandy Park Row. And I bought a, I bought Simpson Sing the Blues because the Bartman was smashing the charts at the time. <laughs> I listened to it uh, very much. The first album I bought after that was probably like Michael Jackson Bad. Sure, you're a little bit younger than me, I think. 
There's no way I'm younger than you. I think you are. I'm 39. Well, you're... Oh, yeah, I'm 41. Are you? That's right. Raw milk, babe. Raw fucking milk. I am Get on that into it. I mean, I, I also, also put... like, you know, smoke crack and... <laughs> I, did, I did meth, babe. Okay, you can always turn it around. <laughs> I, not like... Not regularly, just like once or twice in my youth. Okay, like let's not get it twisted, Dad. If you're listening, I'm so sorry, but like just once or twice, <laughs> and then I was like, let's not do that again. I get why people there's, develop yeah, there's an entire no, there's no se- second life. <laughs> there's no caveats here. People aren't going to watch and think, "Hmm, now I don't trust her." Well, I've mentioned it several times on this podcast. <laughs> okay, so. I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to more of your stuff. I've only just started podcast last week. Started listening. What to did podcast. you? What are you listening to? The Rick Rubin podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking funny if that was true. Actually, <laughs> uh, I haven't yet, but I will. I will because, like, I also kind of, I'd love to work with him because his like obvious. This sounds like. No, it doesn't matter. Caveats again. So I say shit that he says a lot, and my friends are like have you read Ruben's book? And I'm like, no, it's just, it's obvious shit though. But it's like, if you're from that philosophy, it is like right. clean shape, leave things behind, be yourself, like all this shit, yeah. whatever it is. Authenticity. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to work with him, but I don't know if that would work with the band because the other guys are so different to me. You mean like bone would be like, get this fucking shit out of my face, bitch. I don't want a namaste. You know yeah, that yeah. What you mean? exactly. He's, <laughs> he's about chaos and like, but he also like he also is about clean slates. Like he, he never wants to record in the same studio twice and stuff like that. So oh, anyway, I'd love to work, work with Rick Rubin. But anyway, if you're listening, Rick Rubin, which I know you listen to this podcast, I know you do, Rick. Richard, we see you, Rick. We see you, Rick, lurking, babe. No, what you're a Virgo, so you must listen to podcasts now. You should because there's so much available wonderful information for your information seeking mind yeah so i listened to song exploder because i we were oh, gonna you're do gonna one. you're gonna love bands playing babe i must say no shade to song exploder which is a great podcast too it's short. how i learned that the lumineers it's too short oh yeah it's too short you want longer babe my yeah, yeah. four hour episodes we got you also i have to say i have a little je ne sais quoi that you won't find on many podcasts That's you're special. very affable sure. I, I thank you. I think you got you. You're you're like you're the right amount of spice. Oh my god! Thank you so much. You know, like I'm Joe not Talbot. gonna be like, you know, people. I think your mannerism is good for a first encounter. Is what I mean. The amount of spice you have is like, I'm not going to underestimate this person. They clearly are not to be fucked with, but are if you let them in, open and vulnerable. It's it's you really nailed me. It's true. Charisma is a dangerous thing for a woman like me to have, but I have it. Lana Delray. It seems to be working, my friend. Thank you, Joe Talbot. Okay, let's keep going because I know you have a uh, short amount of time. Song on your three months. Blind, blind boy. Blind boy. What's blind boy? Should I listen to that? Yes. I don't know about it. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Is it He's a mu- like music podcast. It's a everything podcast. He's just fucking do it. It's insane. Is he is he English? Irish. I'm in, babe. Done. Say no more, fam. I, like I said, I love the accents. We'll listen all day long. It um, fucking, it's, it's magic. He's mind-blowing. It's just, 
he's very intuitive. He's a genius. He's also uh, diagnosed autistic. So he has this incredible way of connecting things and, and telling you a narrative of information. And like, he's also fucking hilarious, but it's all insightful and brilliant. And you sounds amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Okay. All right. Blind boy on my way right after this podcast. Number six. Did anyone in your childhood ever tell you you're never going to make it? No. Joe Talbot or something like that. No. Wow. Okay. Just hard. No, never. What? No, they weren't like, don't do music. You need to be an engineer. For one reason and one reason. Only, nice. <laughs> I, I came into this world. My feet were backwards. I had 11 surgeries on my feet. I was heavily overweight, but not once oh. did I come out any As a baby. Yeah, till I was eight. I had like 11 surgeries till I was eight years old. My feet were literally backwards. And it was the 80s. Oh my God. So it took a while to straighten them out. But my mother brought me up, and she's a fierce Welsh woman. She was. R.I.P. the goat. And um, okay. no, it's all good. She brought me up with fierce self-belief and uh, an affectation for love. And the power of love. She taught me that love will get you anything you fucking want if you manifest it correctly. And I never, ever questioned or allowed people to question. I was just me, fiercely me, and I was there with love. So I listened and I made people laugh and I made people enjoy themselves. So no, I was never told I couldn't do shit. Fuck. This was me. I was like this when I was eight. You were like this when you were five and you were waddling down the street to buy the Simpsons tape. I was like ca- clawing with my hands <laughs> along the street, just ripping jokes. Yeah, that was me. Damn, that's so sick. Sometimes I wonder, because, you know, I'm a middling podcaster. I have some decent podcast success, but I'm like, what could I have been? But as my grandfather loves to say, or he'd love to say he passed away many years ago, don't look back, you'll fall down. Exactly. That's a great one. He was a, he, my grandfather was the most interesting person alive. Not the Dos Equis man. It was my grandfather. He left Tehran at, I think, like 18 years old. Didn't come back till he was 40. A lot of time where no one knows where he was. Joined the merchant marine and moved to Africa. Started a religion because he was a vegetarian. Not on purpose. People just followed him. He had followers. He had a pet monkey. He got kicked out of the Merchant Marine for sleeping with the captain's wife. He was jailed for communism in Iran. <laughs> like the coolest person that's ever existed. And then at 40, just came back and was like, time to get married. Got married, had five kids. Fuck. He sounds incredible. That's, dude, like my one of my, not even dreams, but I think my obligations in this life is to like write a book about him because like, mm that need that like story needs to be told but it's like so hard to piece together because he lived to be 90 oh my god was he 98 yeah <laughs> and it, but he died when i was 18 so like it's been a long time you know i fucking i love that that's incredible also fucking shout out to all the persians in the world you have the best food right. and often the best, the best food well, I don't know. I think all all people have good and bad people amongst them, but um Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I, I I fuck it. Uh, what's that um what's the rice dish? The crispy Which rice one? dish. Tadig? 
Tariq. Yeah. It literally oh. means the bo- bottom of the pot is the what what it translates to. Yeah, it's the best. It's it's like our it's like our French fries. It's the best thing in the world. And um, what's that chicken and egg salad? Oh, salad d'oliviette. That's actually um, Russian, oh, I believe, that we stole it. it. <laughs> I think so. Well, yeah. Fuck it. All the best stuff but is stolen. Really good. Yeah. Okay. Number seven, Joe Talbot. When is the last time you lied? Yesterday. What? Who did you lie to? And what did you, you say? <laughs> well, you have you have a child. I feel like people who have children just lie all the time because you have to. No, no, no. That's that's a complete falsity. And you are. You don't lie to your child. No, fuck no. Do you know why? Because it just continuously bites you in the ass. Right. The, the thing I read a bunch. I read like three books on parenting. About pa- Mm-hmm. And like, if you build them up with falsities, you're either making them vulnerable or yourself vulnerable. You like dishonesty is fucking bullshit with your children. You need them to know and trust you completely. That's how when something bad happens to them, when they're 20 years old, they will come back to, come you. to you. They know you are fucking the, the truth. If you lie to your children at any age, you're setting yourself up for the wrong, the wrong foundations, man. It's important. Like even just the power of, 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 of pronouns. So like, I want you to get down from there because it's unsafe. If you say we, that's not a toy, we don't play with that bullshit. You're not accountable for your comment. You say, I want you to leave this thing because it's it's not not yours, and if you break it, I'm gonna have to pay for it, and that's not good for either of us. Can I give you something else to play with? I can see you're bored. I can empathise with you. This is why I feel that you'd be better off doing this, whatever. But take accountability. Don't fucking lie to them ever. It's pointless. They're like they're not gonna learn that way. That's like no, it's true. Be like, and they'll oh. resent you when when they find out that you lied. They'll be like, yeah. Like, what's the point? It's weird. What do you stupid have to lie? bitch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, um, what would you lie to them about? Did you take did, did you take drugs when you were younger? I did, yes. But when you're old enough to understand the differences between these things, we'll talk about it. But for now, trust me, don't fucking touch drugs. Yeah, I think it depends. My I don't have kids, but my um my cousins do, and my cousin has two teenage daughters, and then one of them, just like what you're saying, like she's maybe like I think she's 15 or 16, and she asked me, she was like, "Did you drink in high school?" And I was like, "I'm gonna tell you the truth, I did drink in high school, but I wish I hadn't. Like, and I'm being completely honest with you, I did nothing good came of it. I didn't make any good choices from it. I was too young." to be understanding what that did to you. And if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't. I just didn't have the self-possession to know that. And so I'm going to tell you, you make your own choices. But th- that was my experience. I wish I would have waited longer because it's a challenging thing for someone young to like take that on. And I think like they appreciate that <laughs> because instead of being like, no, because I said so. Mm. Well, also, no, because I said so is is a, is a cancerous fucking comment. Because what you're doing is you're constantly setting up the perspective of boundaries with your relationship that they then carry on to other relationships. No, because I told you, if you then your 13 year old daughter has gone out with a 16 year old man, and man. it's no because I told you, you know, right. 
you, you set up, you, if you respect your child's no, and you, 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 you give them the respect by giving them the correct and honest information, they know the boundaries and they carry those solid, proper boundaries with them through other relationships. They also respect other people's because they know what boundaries are. If you fucking create all these like weird, like archaic fucking like mysticism, and I'm not talking about faith, <laughs> I'm talking about solid rules that keep you safe until you're able to make your own decisions. You're setting them up for, for failure, for sure. Yeah. But you know what, Joe Talbot, no matter what you do, you're going to fuck your kids up because that's the human experience. 100%. That's right. <laughs> but it's okay. You can do it the best way you know how. If I drop kick my child over a fucking fence, that's my choice. I don't <laughs> have an opinion about that personally as a Just so you know, all the listeners out there, I have not drop kicked my daughter <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. We'll see if she gets bad. 24, 24, 24, 24, 24, 24, 24. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Number eight, Joe Talbot. What character in a book or a film do you relate to the most and why? It's a hard one. Well, especially because I don't read. You just said you just read all about love by bell hooks. Yeah, <laughs> it's really hard because I'm illiterate, but I but I did listen to Catcher in the Rye on audiobook. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, audiobooks are great as well. There's no, there's, that's still listening to a book. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really hard one. I understand. Well, I'll I'm tell not you laughing what's hard is because, like, I haven't really seen myself in any characters in a book that I've read. That's a good answer. I mean, like... You haven't, I, felt, re- you haven't felt represented. Well... Maybe that's because I'm so confident in my own narrative. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like this fucking arrogant, self-obsessed narcissist. There's who... plenty of book characters like that as well. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, uh, Rabbit in Rabbit Run. Thanks for asking. Oh, Rabbit Run. Damn, I haven't read that since high school. It's sick. Yeah. I fucking love that book. That's good. You're right. I'm gonna have to go back and revisit. You know, a fragile fragile ego of a child in a man's body wanting to make the right decisions. I dated him. (laughs) Yeah, so we got that rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. Okay, that's good. All right, number nine, Joe Talbot. What is your biggest sliding doors moment? As in, if you had made another choice, 
you wouldn't be here right now in the partisan office listening to jazz music? Well, I mean, it probably would have Don't been. S- go on. Okay. No, go on. Don't say, are you going to, are you going to say sobriety? No. Oh, okay. Because many people who get sober, which I totally understand, because that's a very, that's like probably the most obvious answer to it. But like, let's put that one aside. What's another one? The problematic thing with that would be that you you assume, one would assume or portray that sobriety is a single moment. It's fucking forever. Exactly. It's an endless Um, choice over and over and over again. Much like love. Yeah, I think there's a couple of near-death experiences with like drugs and alcohol. Mm Mm-hmm. But those weren't choices that you made, right? I mean, I guess they were. You chose. Oh, they were, yeah, yeah. The, no, I mean, the, the, the things I nearly did or didn't do or did, you know, but they right. were shit. Do you know what? I don't know. I don't, because I don't really think that I would have done anything. I'll tell you what, having the, 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 the vision, I, I got very angry at a band that I watched in Camden that made me just like, why is it that all these bands get the opportunity to be on stage and make music and have an audience and they look so fucking bored or sick of it? They're all just imitating the strokes who were fucking incredible. But that was them. They were being them. Whereas so many other bands are like, it's like, I'm fucking sick. And you're like, no, you're not. You're boring. Um, go fuck yourselves and give me your guitar. And then I realized that I wanted to start a band, which I never would have... I don't know. I don't know why I did it, but I did it. Other than I wanted to feel that magic that certain bands give. So starting a band would be the obvious one and kind of boring. What band made you so mad that you started a band? Are you allowed to name names? No, I, I, I think I think that's bullshit as well. Like giving giving other people negative energy just stays with you. Like I agree. I'm I on agree. the. I just love goss. I'm on the yeah. Me too. <laughs> I'm on the receiving end of it enough to know that like. It's just pathetic. It's pathetic because it's also like, why are you so obsessed with me, babe? Why don't you think about something else? Yeah, yeah. And like, that's what I did. It takes just as much energy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Instead of me just going around like telling everyone what a shit band they were, I was like, fuck these guys. And then went out and started a band. That's what you should do. If you think you can do better, go ahead. Go and fucking do something with your life instead of going on the internet, bitching, you pathetic worms. Correct. Get a life core. Okay. Gorgeous. Love that answer. Number well, that's 10. The worst Rat is the other bands. They're the worst. You're like, make a better song. You fucking losers. Well, yeah. Also like, why do you care? But it's, it's, a, it's an important self-reflective moment. When people annoy you, activate you, or you're envious, it's so much information for yourself about something about you. So if they annoy you or they piss you off. That's your shadow. What about them is representing something in yourself that you hate about yourself always? And if you're envious, it just means there's an unlived potential in you that you're not doing. And so you see someone else living it and it's making you want, it's just information. So just take all the information and go do something with it instead of like tapping on your fucking keyboard. (laughs) That's not something. Okay. Number 10, Joe Talbot, what characteristic are you most drawn to in other people? Okay, it would be uh, peaceful affection. Peaceful affection. You know, like that sense of like, of like a welcoming that's not in any way aggressive, but just like, hey, 
come in. Right. Okay. So you're saying like not, not a desperate wanting, but a, but a simple self-possessed openness. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Gorge. Number 11, Joe Talbot. Who is the last person you met that you were starstruck by? You're, you're in a big rock band. You'd be hobnobbing, rubbing elbows. Mm -hmm. Other, other rock bands and celebrities probably. (laughs) I mean, probably a bunch of British celebrities. I don't know who they are. No, no. The thing is, I, it's not, I'm not like, we're not one of those bands that like welcome celebrity. We're not interested. So, like, I genuinely am at home looking see. after my four year old daughter or working. That's what I do. I don't like, I don't go out anymore. I don't like, I'm not interested in any of that shit. But not to say I don't, I haven't met obviously because of our trade. I meet loads of sick musicians yeah. and. The Walkman were the last band that I, you know, I started I a band. I love the Walkman. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, I love them. They, they're the reason I started a band. So, like, one of them, they weren't the band that were on stage. Um, they're the band that I looked yeah. up to and made, made, gave me the, 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 the hunger to make something great. But yeah, so the Walkman. Often when you meet people that you were inspired by, it can be a letdown. So I'm really glad that meeting the Walkman was... Um, satisfying because you never know how it's going to go people can make the most gorgeous art you've ever experienced in your life and then you meet them and you're like (sighs) (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i haven't been disappointed by any musicians though but i have been disappointed yeah i have been i sure have but i don't care it doesn't make me experience their art any differently okay Number 12, when was the last time, Joe Talbot, that you slid into someone's DMs? Do you do that? Do you have Instagram? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. I don't know if I ever have. I've had my DMs slipped into, obviously. Well, I mean, it doesn't, sure. That's the other reason you started a band besides to do interviews for three months was to get your DMs slid into. No, um, I'm joking. I know that that's not why you started a band, although I do think that's it's one of them. Why everyone, if you, if, if everyone's literally if why everyone, anyone does anything. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is all part of it. Um, maybe like, I don't even have, it doesn't even have to be sexually. It could be like, Hey, I love, I love your music. X, Y, Z. Let's I don't do, build I, or whatever. I don't, I don't do any of that. You don't I, do, no, not, you don't do networking. <laughs> Yeah, I hate all that. I hate messaging. I don't. I don't read texts. I don't do WhatsApp messages. I, I'm terrible at all that. I'm so bad. But yeah, um, you don't use text messages. You don't do text I'm messages. Not really? No, I just, I'm, I, you get hold of me. You just call me. I'll answer. That's the thing. I'm reliable. Just don't text. But all my good people know that. Maybe two years ago. King shit. Who was it? A girl. <laughs> I won't get into it, but I do believe Instagram is the only um, acceptable dating app. Yes. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Okay. Gorge. Number 13. What's the horniest song ever in your personal opinion? Pony, genuine. You're the, you're not the first person to say that. And it is a really, it's an extremely horny song. You're so right. It's, it's in the Pantheon. He's fucking sexy. The lyrics are sexy. The song's fucking awesome. The, it's the cadence of it all. It's a fucking song. It's just what it is. Yeah, it's the cadence. It is like, it's like, it has the cadence of fucking. Some, some songs are horny because of the like lyrical composition. And some songs are horny literally on every level. <laughs> and that one what, really. It's, it's, it's more, it's a foreplay song. I'm going to take time to think about that. 
Me, Me too. <laughs> um, okay. Number 14, Joe Talbot. What is the biggest money you've ever turned down? Man, this is going to be a good answer. Idols be principled. There's probably like a laundry list <laughs> of things you guys said no to. Well, here's the thing, though, because uh, because of our forthright messaging, we don't get offers of shit. You know, we're not like, no, we're not going to do that. They don't want to put you in the Carl's yeah, we, commercial or whatever. We don't get those offers, so we haven't. You guys should do an ad for the hobo juice. What was it called again? <laughs> but fast, Abby, Tommy. Yes. <laughs> you should approach them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to. Like, via pigeon. Because we don't have the internet. <laughs> okay, number 15. Joe Talbot, what is the best live music concert that you've ever been to or seen? I believe there's two categories here. Okay, hit me. There's festival and there's venue. Agreed. Festival, Blur at, at Glastonbury. I wasn't like a massive fan of Blur. I, I love Blur, but like I didn't realize how much of a massive fan I was until that show. But it was it was it was transcendent. It was insane. It's just the best show I've ever seen because of the the people. The people you're just in this thing. I was you know I was on ecstasy. I want to go to Glastonbury. I was supposed to go last year, but and I can I just say this is if I had, we'll cut this out later if they say I can't say it. But I had a full all access. I was supposed to go with the Arctic Monkeys because I'm friends with Matt Helders, the gorgeous drummer. And I couldn't, it was too complicated to get there. I was like, I'm sorry, babe, I can't do this. I don't, what am I supposed to do? Hire a fucking, I don't have it like that. Like I have to take a bus and a train and then there's a camping. I'm, this is not happening. So I didn't go, (laughs) but I do really want to go. It's a dream of mine. It's one of these things that people are quite sanctimonious about, but. Like they judge it. Like the people like judge Coachella or whatever. No, they're like, no, 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 no. It's the, op- it's the opposite of Coachella. <laughs> but because of that, people are like, what, you haven't been to Glassbury? Oh, my God. It's like, oh, my God, it's so good. And you're like, yeah, it is. It, it's the best place on earth if you do it right, 100%. Right. Okay. I'll go with idols next time you guys. Don't get it twisted. There are lots of people there that are, like, there to be seen and ruining it in a way, but you can find the, you can find the best place on earth. Easily. It's the best place on earth. When you guys play, I'm going to need you to take me with you on the bus, though, because I can't figure out how to get there. So just make promise me I can come in the bus. Make it so. Gorgeous. Okay, second category, club show. The OCs at the Apollo in Barcelona. Yes, bitch! That's my guys. John Dwyer. I've seen the OCs play a hundred times. Those are my dogs. Dan Rincon, shout out guys. They're the, in my opinion, one of the best live acts of my lifetime. They're fucking insane live. Yeah. They are also transcendent for very different reasons and are everything I wish I could emulate and embody as a live artist. They are incredible. They're so good. They're violent. Remember they, they played Coachella one year? Mm. And John, being John, God bless him, like refused all of their like instructions for the stage and insisted that they play in like a very small area in the middle of the stage. It was when Bridget was still in the band playing keys. It was so sick. Mm. That's right, Joe Talbot. You fucking get it. They are, they are without doubt one of the best to ever do it. So if you have the opportunity, two drummers, bitch. 
buy. Yeah. It's it'll oh it'll get not you. Just for the sake of it. They do it because it it's fucking better. No, it's better. It is. It's totally better. We couldn't do it. it. Well, don't don't underestimate yourself in the future. Perhaps you'll write some music that requires two drummers. You never know. Delta Five had two bassists. That really worked. We got two bassists. Oh, great. Didn't, oh, well, not I all didn't the time. All of we have a song just... on the new album that's two bass. Hell yeah. Is it the one that I like that I said it fucking goes? Is it Gift Horse? No. Whoops. Famously, I don't know much about music, despite being a uh, literal podcaster about music. Well, that's why you're a fan. Why you're a good fan is because you're not lumbered exactly. or anchored. Literally, with... I don't want to. I don't want to know what a chord progression is. What the fuck does that have to do with me? It's none of my business. I just want to experience me the music. <laughs> okay, number sixteen, Joe Talbot. What is your greatest vice? Greatest vice. Yeah, currently. Greatest vice is in the best vice or the worst vice. The most vice. <laughs> after addiction. Yes, after currently, because you're not partaking. So. Yeah, but I'm always addicted. But yeah, no, that's that's another boring one. Uh, like jealousy. Jealousy. That's not a vice. Oh, jealousy. No, jealousy so. is a reaction. No, it's a reaction to vices. Insecurity. Yeah, good one. But again, it's insecurity is also just information, right? I think if we're able to have grace and like self-love enough to not judge ourselves for being insecure, then we can be like, okay, where is this coming from? How can I meet myself where I'm at so that I can feel secure? Okay, then selfishness, because that comes from selfishness, right? I'm just, I need to be more aware of the people around me and care more about others. It's a selfish. I've only talked to you for um, 90 minutes, but you seem you seem like you care about other people. Oh, yeah, I do. From, from the way that you are speaking. Deeply. All right. Number 17 and 18, Joe Talbot. These are tandem questions. What do you love the most about being famous? And what do you hate the most about being famous? Can't wait to hear the answers on this one. <laughs> the most about being famous is yeah. the avenue to meet people. To slide into people's DMs. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. I mean, what I mean by that, because people feel they know me, they are more open to what, themselves being honest for whatever reason. Actually, no, I'll tell you what, the, it's being able to tour the world with my best mates. That's, that's the honest answer. It's like, but really, yeah. it's that sense of like fame. If it's not about the job, fame, the, the essence of fame that works for me, is that I get to meet people that I look up to and it gives me a platform to meet like people on a, on a kind of even keel and people are opening themselves up to me more. Uh, maybe that's a narrative I created with the art as well, but that's, that's number one. The thing I hate the most is for the same reason people think they know me, so they tell everyone what my intentions are and that makes me want to put my hand through their eye socket. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what, Joe? Joe Talbot. What people think about you, what people think about me, none of our business. No, it's not. No, no. I'm just saying, like, my initial reaction <laughs> right. is to put my hand through their eye socket. Second reaction is, fuck them. It's my fault for putting stuff out there in the world. I can't make, make art 
and then be upset that people read it. That's stupid. I mean, that's the reason people don't make art. It's why people are too so scared of being both misunderstood and understood i think people are equally scared of both they're afraid of being seen you know like part of putting things out there in the world is also making yourself open to being seen fully and that's scary as fuck bitch yeah yeah can be but but after that it's the most enlightening and beautiful thing ever like always go full tilt I used to have to listen to my own episodes of the other podcast, four hours long of me being annoying. And I, and at first I was like, ugh, like my voice is so annoying. And then it got to be like, my thoughts and feelings are so annoying. Interesting. That's crazy. And then I just like that, like meme where you just like galaxy brain. And then mm-hmm. I was just like, who cares? It was like, rad- I was like Guantanamo of like radical self-acceptance. Like listen to <laughs> yourself for four hours every week. There was no, I was like, who cares, bitch? You don't like it? fucking goodbye have a gorgeous life you like it amazing stay here with me i don't care anymore number 19 joe talbot this is the wild card we're we're so close we only have five more questions i asked this on the last episode so i'm gonna ask it again i think i'm i'm using this for my own speaking of being selfish given what you've gleaned from this conversation what kind of man do you think i should date a confident one (laughs) <laughs> you're like because you're you're a lot <laughs> nah because the same thing you said earlier a lot of men have fragile egos and someone who is driven who works hard who is intelligent and outspoken can threaten someone with a small ego or a huge ego depending on how you look at it sure. but my thing is if you are with someone who has their own narrative and is confident they're not going to be threatened by yours and will in fact challenge you in a good way, in a productive way, because they love you, because they actually want you to flourish, not because they want to keep you as you are, but because they want to see you move. And grow. So confident. Confident. I love that. It is funny because I think people misunderstand the point of relationships, which is like they get too much into the like, desperation of like oh it's gonna fix my life which is like nobody's gonna fix your life you fix your own life but there is a value of relationships that you can't get on your own which is exactly what you said it's self it's growth it's self-actualization you can only self-actualize so far on your own you need to push up against another person it's like two two coins rubbing against each other yeah right at my pony okay anyways moving on number 20 (laughs) joe talbot when was the last time you cried Yesterday. Are you going to tell me what it was about or this is private? No, crying is not a private affair. I cried because I was singing uh, a gospel on Sirius XFM or something. You cried while you were performing? Wow. Yeah, I always cry when I'm performing. Babe, I've never... Okay, can we be honest now that we're friends? I've never gone to an idol show. To be quite honest, this is the first album I've heard. I don't know what happened to me. I just never heard any idols music. Now I'm a huge fan. This album is incredible. I'm going to go back and listen to the rest of them. But I didn't... I I knew... Did this ever happen to you where, like, you hear about something and you're like, that's cool. That's none of my business. (laughs) And I don't know why. For whatever reason, I was like, whatever. The idols. That sounds cool. None of my business. Never got into it. And now I'm so into it. Biggest fan. We're going to Glastonbury together. We're best friends. Look at that. Life really comes at you so fast. 
You really Trojan horsed me. I know. I'm sorry. The, here's the thing. I couldn't start out telling you I wasn't that familiar. I did read a bunch of interviews and listen to a bunch of music, and I listened to the singles off the old albums because I do my research, but yeah. I didn't come in being like your biggest fan. No, no, no. I, like, I, I'm not interested in that. I know you're not, but I just wanted to be honest. We're, this is... As in, like, we, we're having a conversation because you're good at your job and I'm good at mine. But I make very, you know, it's not cornflakes. It's... Oh, you're well, saying it's like not for everybody. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, but I love guitar rock music and I'm very committed yeah. to the cause of guitar rock music being furthered in the world. And honestly, Idols is one of the last bands that has reached a certain level in the recent past of guitar rock music because it doesn't really happen that much anymore with guitar rock music. Yeah. It seems to be actually mostly focused in England. You guys still really love guitar rock music so it elevates no, to no, a no. level. No, 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 no. No? No, no, no. Think about it. You guys, Arctic Monkeys, Fontaine's DC. I can't even think of an American rock band that is as contemporary that has reached that level. Killers, I guess. Fontaine's uh, in Ireland. There's a really good movement of guitar music in Ireland. But in England, we're kind of, there's not much. There's loads of great guitar bands. There's not much in the populace. Um, we wouldn't get on Radio 1, for instance, and stuff oh, like that. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's like, I think we're, we're, we're understood and accepted more in Europe, mainland Europe, and the States. But we're, we're never going to be, like, on the same level as, like, Taylor who Swift. do I love at the moment? SZA. Yeah. Oh, God, SZA, babe. I was so happy. I was so happy with watching her win her Grammy. I'm so, I, I didn't know that, but I'm just so happy listening to that fucking, those two records. She's incredible. Okay, Homestretch, number 21. Joe Talbot, this question is usually what is your greatest regret, but actually I stopped asking that because most people don't have regrets and I can tell you're a person that doesn't have regrets, so that I've changed no, the I question. Regret. Oh, I you would rather tell have... Tell me. I, I can do both. I'll do both. Biggest regret is doing cocaine. This is what you'll tell your children. 100%. It's a fucking stupid shit drug. Next. It really is a stupid shit drug. And it's crazy how much we were like, no, let's do it again. <laughs> but it's like, it lasts 10 minutes. It sucks. It makes you feel like fucking death. It's not even yeah. fun like the other drugs. It's not even like mushrooms or like my favorite 2CB that doesn't really exist anymore. Like fun oh, psychedelics. So best drug on the fucking planet. Yeah, it's Literally, the best. Number one best drug. And no one will ever understand that it was literally just what a dream it's kind of like acid and ecstasy exactly it was like ecstasy mixed with like it was like if if psychedelic was a cocaine but you none of the cocaine bad and no come down and just like you love everybody and you laugh and dance it was the best sorry to yeah. be triggering to the LFX addicts we don't do that anymore no we're sober because it's it, well, well i'm not sober I, you're I, sober I, no i still i still um ecstasy and mushrooms and acid uh, and obviously psychedelics that I haven't done, I, I'm not going to say no to in the future. Maybe ecstasy just because it could be a bad pill when I've got a kid. I don't know. If I, I, I did so much ecstasy in high school. I used to sell it <laughs> in Singapore, so like full broke down palace. The fact that I didn't go to jail, set 17 years old, <laughs> dealing ecstasy. <laughs> I, I actually just, just, just for the sake of 
advocacy, I think. All drugs are bad. All drugs are bad, right? Except for ecstasy, which is so fun because then you like have like these heartfelt conversations for like hours while you like drink orange juice and like rub Vicks Vapor Rub on your chest. Anyways, I think let's... mushrooms is a, is a better alternative to what we're I talking agree. about. I agree. I that's I that's that's, the, that's really the only drug I still do is mushrooms because I think it's yeah. like it's not even a drug. That's like a no. you know, it's a spiritual practice. Um. Well, the the alternate question, but we already talked about it. Was Dave Matthews Band? It's what's your relationship to Dave Matthews Band? You already expressed to me that you don't really have one, but you're going to do. You're going to look into it, and you're going to perhaps develop one. I'm an excited tourist. That's what I am with Dave Matthews. <laughs> All right. Number twenty-two, Joe Talbot. What song would you like to hear just before you die? Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. Today it might be different to others, you know. Okay, let's say you're gonna die tonight. <laughs> what are we putting? What are we putting on the fucking Sonos? <laughs> There's a ch- track that I rediscovered that I love. Try a little tenderness by Otis Redding would probably be, or Bad Girl by Lee Moses. I mean, I'm not going to look through Spotify. That's weird. Well, you had two good answers. We'll take them. Try a little tenderness by Lee Moses. By Otis oh. Redding. Nah, it would be uh, theme for Picnic, the film, by 101 Strings Orchestra. Okay, I'm not familiar with that, so I'll have to look it up afterwards. Got that? Okay. <laughs> To See More Light by Colin Stetson. That's my favorite. Oh, my answer. God. I love Colin Stetson. That's a good one. Damn, that guy, is, that guy is yoked. I wonder if he drinks raw milk. All right. Number he's, 23. Yeah, he's so buff, babe. I interviewed him at Pitchfork Fest like many years ago, and I was like, Jesus Christ, these guns. Okay. Number 23, Joe Talbot. What do you think about me? A lot. Go on. <laughs> Do go on. I think you're um, a very funny, dynamic, insightful person that makes you a good interviewer. Yeah, I think you're bright is the best adjective I could use. Thank you so much, Joe Talbot. Do you like that I use my platform to interview musicians to somehow figure out what they think about me? Yes, yeah, smart. Thanks. Yeah, when else am I going to have this opportunity? Um, all right, last question, number 24, Joe Talbot. What do you want to plug? She's <laughs> fine now. Hell yeah, Joe Talbot. Let's fucking go. That's right. That's my guy. Also, since he's not going to say it, new Idols album. Check it out. It's so fucking yeah. good. It's called Cease Fine Now. now. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay. Yeah, Kanko album's out now. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's I out soon. It- when when is it actually out? I think it, next week, right? Yeah, soon. Yeah, it'll be out. Know. It'll be out by the time this comes out. On Partisan Records. All right, out soon. Partisan Records. Thank you, Joe Talbot. I had a real, I had a real great time with you. Good luck with the rest of it. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was really funny. Those um, listening, fireworks appeared. Yeah, Joe Talbot did a double thumbs up and fireworks appeared on the screen. All right, come back next week for a new episode of 24 Question Party, people. Much love. Thanks for listening to 24 Question Party. Thanks to my guest, Joe Talbot. Idol's new album, Tank, 
is available everywhere this Friday, February 16th. Visit idolsband.com for upcoming tour dates. This episode was produced by Jesse Miller Gordon and Olivia Query with help from Justin Sales. Our gorgeous theme song was composed by Heather Fortune. Special thanks to Nicholas Solter, Sean Fennessy, Rob Parvilla, and Bad Bats Maroon. Come back every Tuesday for a new episode of 24 Question Party People on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.